Hey folks, welcome to episode 78 of the Becoming Human podcast. This episode features Delante. He's a father, entrepreneur, martial artist, and served as a sailor in the Navy. Delante is one of those people that inspires me to push myself farther and get after the life that I find fulfilling. When I was younger, I'd work in the restaurant industry, and every day I'd look at the clock, waiting to go home. Those slow days were the worst. They drug on, man. And the busy ones, the stress wasn't exciting. Sure, I like the people there, but, I mean, after spending many years doing that, the excitement kind of fades. I'd go through job after job, and I'd feel the same thing. And every time I'd think about staying at this place, I'd get a lot of anxiety. Albeit when I went home in my youth, I'd just kind of veg out. I had pleasure seek. And it wasn't to my best interest, because it just cost me more and more money. It took and took and took from me, while the return was very little or at least sustainable. And I started, uh, when my son was born, getting into like interests and stuff. And I was excited. I was engaged. I became obsessed with some things. And I do them all the time. And I just get better. And that feeling is exciting. And then I realized that Perhaps I'm not lazy. Perhaps there are just some things that I'd rather be doing. But there's that feeling of compromising. Like, oh, this is at least enough money. This is just something that I have to spend my time doing, right? And that sucks. Meeting people like Delante is a reminder that you can create the life that you want through a lot of hard work, dedication, and clear intentions. And that if you apply yourself, you can spend more time doing the things that you'd rather be doing and less of the things you don't. And with time being the only non-renewable resource, I mean, what else do you have to risk? Delante is very resolute and tenacious. And seeing him apply that with his desire to take time into his own hands and be an entrepreneur it's it's awesome to be around and i've really enjoyed this conversation i hope you guys enjoyed as much as i did without any further ado here's delante i wanted to be a navy seal um i was actually training for that uh right out of high school um actually before that i went to a uh, wrestling convention in virginia and um Fortunately, the Navy SEALs were there. They were, I guess, they were sponsoring the event. They're sponsoring a wrestling. Yeah, convention? which is pretty crazy. Whoa! So, um, they had like the full-on uh, bomb suits, ghillies, everything there, and it was like they had a little challenge where you get in a bomb suit and you do as many pull-ups as you can. So I went over there, didn't put it on because I was in uniform at the time. I mm-hmm. went to um, our NJROTC high school, and um, but I was just so inspired just because just by like their whole persona is like, I want to do that. Like, mm-hmm. and my dad was in the Navy. So that kind of inspired me even more. And then, uh, at that point, that's when I got into, 
um, training, swimming, running, all that stuff. Um, I kind of to start to turn away from martial arts a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, that was after I got my black belt and everything like that. And then Oof. I came back, got my second degree. But um, before that, I was training hardcore for Navy SEALs. Really? And then um, got into the Navy. Um, what did you get your uh, – so what martial arts did you yeah. have your black belt in? Taekwondo. 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 How long you were you? Uh, when did you start Taekwondo? Twelve years old. Twelve years old. 12 years Dang. Old. Were yeah. you were you athletic before that, or was that your first? No, I was sport? a couch potato. So <laughs> not only was I a couch potato, but I was getting bullied at that point. So oh, no. um, my dad got me into something that was going to keep me active, and at that point, that's when I found Taekwondo. I was like, okay, I'll try this out. And um, when I was testing for my green belt one day, uh, they had me do a. Um, kind of kick was it? I think it was a jumping front kick and I ended up landing on my foot wrong and I fell back hit my head against the wall oh. and then that was the day I just reconsidered I was like I don't I don't want to do this to so my dad he turned around stopped the car he's like you know I'm not letting you quit martial arts I was like oh oh okay <laughs> I I thank him every day that he stopped that car and got in my face mm-hmm. and told me he was not gonna let me quit is that the first time he's done something like that uh for you like no or? um he's always been that dad who who didn't believe in quitting Mm. Um, if he said, if I'm going to fail, I'm going to fail with, I'm going to fail, die trying or whatever it may be. You know, that's, that's what, that's the man he was. So, and that's why I was so into becoming Navy SEAL. And that's why I got my second degree. Um, and that's why I'm the person I am today, honestly, because of that man. And like, he, he's done so much. Like he stepped into my life when I was seven years old. Don't know my real father. Um, uh, single mom raised us until I was seven. And that's when. You know, she met my dad, and then everything was uphill from there. Wow. Much. Yeah. Dude, that's awesome. That's so great, too, because yeah. being a single parent, you know, it's it can be very difficult, especially oh, yeah. to be able to give, you know, a, a young man or woman guidance uh, yes. in those times because, you know, just to even be able to support the child alone exactly. takes so much of your time. Yeah. And it's impeccable that you were to have a role model like that and you took mm-hmm. to him like that. Yeah. It was it was awesome um, just because he also has a background in martial arts. Um, he didn't get it into it as deep as I did, but um, he did know Navy SEALs at that time. So that's when I was like, oh, I'm so glad I knew you. I'm so glad you're my dad because that's when um, he hooked me up with a guy named Chief Black. And shout out Chief Black. I love Chief Black. Oh, go ahead. <laughs> oh, he's such a kid. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah, that's when I got hooked up with a guy named Chief Black. Um, and um, I was going to train with him. And do all the swimming, the PT tests, and all that stuff. Prep myself for Navy SEALs. And then uh, I was training too hard in this while. This is after I got into the Navy. And um, I was training every day, getting up at 4 in the morning. But the thing is, I was getting a lack of sleep, too. So I was, I worked night shift at the time. Mm-hmm. So I got off work at 3 a.m. and then got back up at four i was like i gave myself an hour to sleep and i'm back up Whoa, running again did you always have that level of determination yeah man? yeah wow. i literally was out there and i was like i want to get there because i guess i don't want to bash the military i mean the military was awesome it was the greatest thing i've ever done in my life um outside of other things but with the military it's not always what it seems to be because it's just a certain mindset that people are in you have your people over here you have people over here it's almost like a high school mm-hmm. and um I was kind of into where people kind of settle where they are. Like, oh, I like this job. This is cool. But I was in a mentality like I want to be the best. If I'm not with the best, I don't want to be here. So that's why I was so determined to be a Navy SEAL. And then I came to the point where I was just so obsessed where I really wasn't looking out for my health. Mm -hmm. Um, So I was training, running, swimming every day. And then 
tendonitis struck. <laughs> tendonitis struck, oh. and that that pretty much held me back. Um, they said it was going to take about a year of physical therapy, plus I had to get corrective surgery. So it was going to be about a year, year and a half wait on a waiting list. And then at the same time, this is when Active Valor came out, and then that's when Navy SEALs kind of went mainstream. Mm-hmm. And that's what I hated the most is when they took America's most, I guess, dedicated group of men and put them in the spotlight. I was like, that's the worst thing you could have done. Mm-hmm. So then at that point, you had all these people who wanted to be Navy SEALs all of a sudden. I mean, I'm glad. I mean, I'm glad people were inspired, but at the same time, it really put the people who were working before they even became who they were because they, you know, they eliminated um, number one most wanted criminal in the world. And those people who were trained before that, who wanted something their whole life, it's like, what happens to them? Mm-hmm. You know, but I don't knock the people who were inspired. You got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. But I think it was just a bad choice for, you know, special forces to go mainstream like so that. So do you think uh, it's a bad <clears throat> choice because the people coming into it didn't have that level of dedication or commitment? No, because I can't determine their level level mm-hmm. of de- uh, dedication because everybody has it differently. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's inspired differently in different ways. But it was just a spotlight that I didn't like that they mm. were getting because now everything that they were doing was getting aired out. Now media was there every time Navy SEALs did something, something, something. It was just Wait, like, what's Act of Valor? So Act of Valor was a movie. I forgot what year it came out. I think it was between 2010, 2012, I believe. And um, it was a group of Navy SEALs. And these were real Navy SEALs. Um, and they were chosen to make a movie. And um, and that's where I think honestly was the worst mistake. Um, I really can't judge what they do, you mm-hmm. know. At the same time, but it was just I had so much respect for these guys because they did all these things, all these extraordinary things with little recognition. Mm-hmm. And they didn't say they didn't ask for a thank you or anything like that. They just did their job and vanished off into mm-hmm. <laughs> vanished off yeah. into the sunset. And once they got into the mainstream, and then that's when. A lot of these people, um, people who weren't even dedicated, and I've, I've ran into a lot of people like that. And then that's when you started seeing people who had, like, stolen valor. Everything was, like, it was just all over the place. You had people who were claiming they were Navy SEALs and people saying, yeah, I was this, this, and that. It's like, when did this ever become a thing? Mm. Unless it was always a thing. I didn't know anything about it. But, mm. you know, I just respect our special forces, our military in general, mm. that much. But, again, I... I can't judge on what they do. I'm only just, I'm just a guy. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just a guy. It's almost like that sentiment that you see in a superhero movie, right? Um, and even, I'd argue, in certain religious texts yeah. where, like, a superhero uh, does things anonymously. Right. And then in religious texts, they don't do it for vanity. Right. And when you introduce that, you have more opportunity for people to do things for vanity. Mm-hmm. Opportunity. Oh, yeah. You don't have a guarantee, but, yeah. and that become could become a vehicle to attain vanity. Yes. And then it's a lot harder to, it's a lot easier to muddle um, mm-hmm. the 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 picking pool, mm-hmm. and and with saying that, people will do a lot of things for vanity as mm-hmm. well. Uh, and whether that would be getting up at four in the morning and running, swimming, yes. and doing all of those things, yes. um, and you, you can go through with it and mm-hmm. still attain the the, um, the gratification of vanity right. as well. Right. And not just doing it for the sake of it, which is something. Yeah. And I think a lot of people, um, you know, they they do it because they want to have the status of saying they're doing it. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just a lot of people saying, like, they have a dream. You know, they want to do this, they want to do that. But are you really willing to grind when it needs to happen? Mm -hmm. You know, the days that you really don't want to do it, are you willing to do it? 
and that goes with any aspect of life um whether it be entrepreneurship working out martial arts whatever it may be like the days you really don't want to do it are you really going to do it mm-hmm. are you just going to suck it up and do it you know and that's why my wife is like the greatest thing to me because i think well i would say thing <laughs> she's mm-hmm. the greatest she's the greatest human being um to me because she has helped me through so much um she has helped me grow as a person and grow as a man and like when i first met her you know i was 23 and i was young being a single guy and i met her and she just opened my eyes up and she was just straightforward with me she's like i don't have time for your bullshit (laughs) simple as as that and i had to straighten up and we taught each other so much you know and that's why everything that i do since the day I met her, I owe to her because she is, she's helped, she's put up with my bullshit so <laughs> yeah. much. But yeah, I mean, going off track here, but no, yeah, good, I mean, man. she's she's awesome. I wish she could be here. I know oh, she's oh, at home watching the kids, but she wanted yeah. to be on here too. But oh yeah, dude, that would be a yeah. blast, man. Yeah. But it was always awesome, welcome man. for round twos too. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. And yeah. I love that. That'd be interesting because yeah. I love that dynamic <laughs> that other people play when they're introduced, you know, um, introduced to each other and how they affect one another. Right. You know. And especially when with that, like that desire, you know, to push yourself and achieve greatness and also Mm -hmm. how that falls in line with, you know, with like family as well. Right. Because that's something that I I struggle with, not necessarily struggle Mm -hmm. with, but I go back and forth on and I'm trying and I'm learning to balance it, which Mm -hmm. is like the pursuit of excellence in in my things and also compassion and guidance for those around me and connecting with people. That's right. Because sometimes they can not directly oppose one another, yeah. um, but they don't overlap sometimes, mm-hmm. I guess, better put. Yeah. And, um, and I'm having to make those choices. Like for ultra running, right? Mm-hmm. I'm uh, getting increasingly into ultra running, um, but I could easily just run all the time and find someone to watch my son. Right. But I could also easily just be with my son and not run. Yes. And say that I need to take care of him and I need to be, you know, give him the best life possible. Oh, yeah. And it's like, well, however, <clears throat> if I were to spend some of my time running, I would become a role model for mm-hmm. him. And then I could even give him a better life for that. Right. And it's it's <laughs> it's a balance. I know that because, um, you know, when I met my wife, it was I was still wanting to go to the gym as much as I wanted to. Mm-hmm. And um, at the same time, here I am forgetting that I have kids to raise. And to know what what would I be in their eyes ten fifteen years from now if I kept doing what I was doing, and at that point that's when I said okay they're not gonna see me as a dad they're just gonna see me as a guy who's just here and he goes to the gym mm-hmm. you know yeah he gets jacked so, yeah there's really no investment that I'm putting into the kids whereas now it's like I'm I'm barely at the gym two or three days a week. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm more dedicated to my family and building my family and my business, obviously. But mm-hmm. um, it's just having that good family environment because I have to remember that they are my foundation. Mm-hmm. And if my foundation is not right at home, everything else is going to crumble. Was there like a key moment <clears throat> where you had to assess and, um, and assess your values and then instantiate those values? Yes. Yes. What would that look like? Yes. I had to completely change my whole value system. Um like I said, when I was single, I was, man, I was in a dark place. I was just one of those guys who who really didn't see women as women. Um, but it wasn't, it was more or less because I was trying to get, I guess, vengeance in a way. Because 
I was the type of guy who was really nice and, you know, I wanted to take women on dates, treat them with respect, and they didn't see that. You know, they wanted the, the bad boy. Mm-hmm. So, and I got my heart played over and over and over mm-hmm. and over. Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I was, I got dark. Mm-hmm. And um, when I went overseas for the first time, that's when my whole demeanor changed. And then that's when I really didn't care anymore. And at that point, I just started seeing women as, you know, they're all shady. Mm. And and I, <laughs> it's not something I'm proud of, but it's we all go through the struggles yeah. for a reason. Exactly, you know, we understand the value it's a of human it now. thing. Yeah. So once I actually um, met my wife, and she slowly started to pull all that stuff out of me because she slowly started exposing everything that I was doing wrong, and it was hard for me to take because obviously it's hard for anybody to accept criticism. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you actually accept criticism and you you know that you're doing the right thing, it's like. This makes sense. And it's that uh, <clears throat> admittance uh, of that impulse for ego, right? Which right. is where you reject said criticism. Or better yet, because sometimes criticism is, is needs to be assessed critically, exactly. right? However, is where you uh, reject said criticism for the mere emotional pain alone. Right. Right. Which and that, and that's, um, that's a very big key point. Um, just because, you know, with criticism, you can take it either way. There's negative criticism. Constructive criticism. Constructive criticism, I think, is is amazing. I would never get rid of that. That's why, you know, when people say nowadays America's offended at everything, you know, you can't <laughs> tell people the truth anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, telling the truth is kind of putting you in, it's kind of like the black sheep. You know, <laughs> it sucks. That's the way it is now. But you see the way this culture has developed into everything is being done for us. We're in such an age where tap of a button, everything is mm-hmm. there for you. And I think that's where it stems from. It's just too, we're getting too comfortable. Mm-hmm. And now because we're not used to the mental hard work, we're not used to the physical hard work, now everybody's getting all emotional. You know, yeah. <laughs> I'm raised old school, 26 years old, but still it's like when people talk to me or, you know, even my wife when she's talked to me, like she thinks that I'm like 60, 67 mm-hmm. years old. <laughs> it's just the way values were raised. You know, yeah. values become your foundation for anybody. And that's what she has. She already had her values all lined up. Mm. You know, she's 10 years older than me. She has everything mapped out. And she wanted a man who didn't have time for bullshit. So I gave her a man who <laughs> didn't have time for <laughs> bullshit. So, you know, and she's evolved me in a lot of ways. So, I mean, that's it's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and yeah. it's those people who put you in those uncomfortable scenarios yeah. and not shirking away from said discomfort. Oh, yeah. For the sake of it being uncomfortable, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, <clears throat> there's a lot of room for growth. And, yeah. I mean, with... with growth though that's exciting yes like regardless of the direction that that growth takes you whether it's uh in exercise if it's in family or if it's in some creative endeavor oh yeah yeah Yeah. it's 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 awesome man that's where like i try to always pin it to my son because when i was a kid Mm. i would i'd resent education like ah it sucks like ah learning sucks i won't go home and play video games right however that's tricky too because when you're playing video games you're doing something hard you're learning mm-hmm. and you're overcoming what you're doing in school right and then all you do throughout life yep is that's true facing something <laughs> you don't know that's true learning it and then overcoming and then rinse lather exactly or overcoming <clears throat> and then celebrating said you know said feats and then rinse lather and repeat with those around you that's where mm-hmm. the community thing comes in right right and the right. camaraderie during the times of hardship yes in the challenges and like I didn't realize I, I try to talk to my son about that because I figured that a, as a child, right, if you can grow up from the get go, um, f- 
framing life this way, then hopefully he could understand, even if it's like in, you know, uh, maybe his teacher isn't interesting, right? He could understand that, oh, it's not learning that sucks, right? It, it's the pre presentation of said material and that there's ways within your own power, right? Uh, if you're in a dark scenario in life or you're in a classroom that um, isn't ideal, uh, luckily, my son's classroom, both are the teachers he's really liked, but uh, you then can figure out, like, that's a start, right? Because then you, now you know how to make it better. That's right. And nothing is out of your control yeah. in that sense. Things can be overwhelming and appear impossible, but fortunate enough for us, historically, people have pursued the impossible. Yes. And yes. So when you were a kid... <clears throat> um, and you're getting bullied and stuff, and sounds like kind of downtrodden, um, coming yeah. into martial arts. Yeah. Uh, were you nihilistic uh, as you began your, your learning martial arts, um, or were you excited at the opportunity to be able to protect yourself? I was not excited when I first took martial arts. Um, just be <laughs> oh man, I was not excited just because I was so used to coming home, watching cartoons, going to sleep, mm -hmm. and that was my thing, you know, and. Um, but once I actually got into um, martial arts and I actually started to see the benefits, the first time I seen benefits is the first time I got my ass kicked. <laughs> and at that point, it's like, okay, I know what I need to do now. You know, it's nothing like that first hit. When you get hit the first time, it's like, oh, crap. This is real. This yeah. is real. Let me. Oh, my God. Okay. So um, ever since that day, it was, I became, I want to be number one. I want to be number one. And then... Uh, at that point, it was a different mentality. Mm -hmm. It was this different mentality that I developed, and that's when I started not hanging out with the same people I used to. Um, a lot of my friends came from martial arts. Um, one of my best friends, his name is Emmanuel. He's Greek. Oh, <laughs> 100% wow. Greek. Um, he actually wanted to learn, I don't know if I'm saying this right, pancreation? Yeah, pancreation. Yeah, so he actually wanted to go back to Greece and learn that. Um, wow, that's what I started yeah. with, but only over here. That's yeah, cool. and that's that's a rare style to find. Like, you'll find maybe a handful of people in America who still know it fluent, like, just, you know, technique for technique. Mm -hmm. But um, real good friend of mine, he's an officer in the Navy now, but um, it's crazy how you just go from, you know, being a foreigner, and you're now you're an officer in the Navy, and he's a nuclear, like, nuclear engineer. It's like, whoa. That kid is a definition of perseverance. Like, that's why I love putting myself around people who are on a fucking mission. Mm -hmm. I love it, man. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, that's, that's what it's all about. I've noticed when I put myself around people who are on a mission, right, it, it widens or raises my expectations that I put on myself for the oh, better. Yeah. It's like yeah. I would train, um, I would train, have training partners who are more like blue belt level, right? Mm -hmm. And, I started to introduce myself to more friends in Seattle who were like black belt, like Cindy Hales. So like yeah. she's the first of 12 uh, female black belts out of Brazil. Awesome. Um, and yeah, and there's like purple belts and then like Nathan Orchard, who's like one of the top competitors for 10th planet. Uh, he's a black belt down in Seattle right. and even just rolling with them a handful of times. Yeah. Like, wow. This is way different than I would have ever imagined. Right. And because of that, my possibilities just change. Or even mm -hmm. being around, like, my uh, a training partner that I'm really close with, uh, Alfred, mm -hmm. um, he he came into a live wire <clears throat> and started training with me. And he put, he he progressed in six months, mm -hmm. more than I progressed in, like, a year and a half. I was doing pancreation um, and uh, kickboxing and Muay Thai. Wow. So it was kind of like one foot in, one foot out with pancreation. Yeah. He was all in with jujitsu. Yeah. Because of that... My 
my effort and intensity that I put into it, I realized, wow, you can do so much more with your time. Yes. And it ramped it up. Yeah. And I've been surprised at every twist and turn coming from someone who was a couch potato mm-hmm. and just did a lot of drugs. I would I used to do like muscle relaxers and mm-hmm. uh, smoke a lot of weed when I was a kid, like in, to Free an spirit. abusive level. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, but yeah. to where and I play video games for like uh, four or five hours a day. But I'd also go to school and go to work and yeah. then come home, stay up for three hours, play video games, and I was tired all the time, mm-hmm. even without the drugs. Uh, and now it's like. I'm unfamiliar to my former self in the mm-hmm. sense that it's like I'm driving a Ferrari instead right. of a, a Prius. And not even that, like more like a 1992 Ford Taurus where the muffler's all messed up right. <laughs> and the yeah. piston's misfiring. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it's nothing like that. I mean, with, man, with drugs and just seeing, you know, people who have so much potential, mm-hmm. even if they don't see it in themselves, like you see it in other people. You know, when you're you're doing drugs and you have all this talent or this this untapped potential, it's like mm-hmm. you're putting a bumper sticker on a Lamborghini. Yeah. And like <laughs> that's how I see it, man. But I mean, that was my two cents on yeah, it. Yeah. I, <laughs> I I agree in that sense. Like it, it's cuz like how I began to shape it, right? Cuz once my son got was born, I went uh, completely sober off of everything except nicotine, coffee for about four years, right? Right. And then uh, alcohol, now it's been seven years. And then I would kind of experiment with hallucinogenics, right, mm-hmm. um, on the uh, on the rare occasion. And then, like, uh, marijuana uh, yeah. here and there, right? And still coffee, those things. Mm. Um, but my relationship with it changed because my whole thing was, is like, this, I take se- substance, right? And I, I will party and I will feel good and have a good time. Mm. Um well, if I were to frame that with anything, that, that can be an issue. If right. I'm going to eat ice cream, mm-hmm. right, and I'm going to, this is the thing I look forward to. Uh, quickly, that indulgence can become destructive. Right. Because that is more <clears throat> important than whatever draw, drawbacks it has, right? Yeah. Like where you do like, uh, like John Jones, right? You get Coke. You, you do a lot of coke. <laughs> you run a chick over. Oh my god! And <laughs> like, yeah, this is life. Like, the, right. like that's your peak excitement. That's the yep. thing. Other than like martial arts for him, mm-hmm. that's the thing you look forward to. Mm-hmm. However, my argument was like, once I you know get into these things and I develop a sense of purpose and meaning, right? Like, I don't. That's not what I live for at any right. means. It's right. um, it, it could be an accessory at times, but mm-hmm. that's about it. So, like, if I were to go to a tournament, right, well, that tournament I've been preparing for, like, all year. Or if I were to go to the pumpkin patch with my <clears> son, <throat> that that thing, that that is, like, the peak level of excitement that I hold in the highest regard. Yeah. Or uh, backpacking through Europe for three months. Yeah. And, and anything else, like, <clears throat> is either is an accessory to that if it's there. And the same with food. Like, it, there's a... Um, Benjamin Franklin, I've been reading uh, a biography about him, and he, he talks about going, uh, living on bread and water for several days at a time mm-hmm. so that you can uh, remind yourself of being of frugality yeah. and so that you don't become overly okay. indulgent. And I think there's something to be said for that mm-hmm. in which you don't fixate yourself to something so much to where this is life. You habituate it, right? Mm-hmm. Even with exercise. Right. Um, and in saying that, like it's informed, I guess, my approach with a lot of it because I've wrestled with it. Well, what are these substances? And then even with exercise, because when I kind of got squirrely on it, but when I got away from substances and I was exercising, mm-hmm. I mean, within the past three <clears throat> years, I've never exercised like I have now. 
Yeah. Uh, athletics, I, I did BMX when I was a kid, but honestly, not really. Yeah. Um, but now I was doing like uh, about a year in, right? Mm-hmm. Athletics, uh, habitually, I was very consistent with it. And I loved it very much. Oh, but yeah. the days that I didn't do it, anxiety, <sighs> frustration. Yeah. And then ego would play in. Yeah. yeah. And so I'm like, wait a minute. This is exactly how I felt when I would compulsively use substances. Mm-hmm. This is also how I felt when I would like eat. I'd eat like cartons of goldfish. Mm-hmm. I'd eat one carton of goldfish in a day. Um, <laughs> <laughs> when, when I when I didn't have that same feeling, yeah. so I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on here? Is it is it this substance or is it how I'm going about my life? Right. And and that's something that I've just been grappling with even now mm-hmm. because like I do exercise and I ask <clears> myself, well. Why do I want to be an ultra runner? Why do I want to compete in MMA? Mm-hmm. And then how does that fit towards my son? Because am I doing it based out of compulsion? Am I doing it driven out of ego? Or because it excites me? And yeah. That exciting part. That's true. That's the part that I enjoy. Exactly. It, it seems and, that, and that's where, um, you know, it, it, finding that purpose behind what you're really doing. And, you know, when just like you said, you know, mm-hmm. when you're missing a day of whether it be working out, martial arts, or anything like that, you, you get this, like, it's not a normal day for me. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like you're, you're tweaking a little <laughs> yeah, bit. Yeah, exactly. So it's like, oh, crap, okay, so I need to do something. But in your case, you know, when you have a son and you have kids in general, it's mm-hmm. just what is going to be more important. Mm-hmm. It's like being with them or doing what you think feels right. And, um, you know, I think at the end of the day, I... <sighs> I would love to see my kids just be athletic beast, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> you know, and that's why I, I try to keep them into a healthy lifestyle. I try to, um, the wife tries to get them to eat healthy a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, freaking son has a six pack. Like he always wants yeah. to show everybody a six pack. It's, it's cute. Man. I love that kid. That's <laughs> how my son <laughs> yeah. kettlebells. I'll be lifting kettlebells yeah. out there. Yeah. And he's like, Oh, I deadlift like deadlift like fifty pound kettlebell. I'm like, stop it! People right. are walking by. I don't do that. Yeah, <laughs> but he's yeah, super stoked about it. Exactly, and that's that's just um, the lifestyle that I would love for them to get into. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think it's pretty awesome, um, you know. But as a parent, it's like nothing can replace that quality time with your children, because at the end of the day, that's what they're gonna remember. It's like, yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, I think my dad forgave me to athletics, but okay, so what else did he do outside of that? Yeah, it's like crap you know exactly um it's i guess that's what separates the boys from the men Mm -hmm. you know boys do what feels right men do what they know is right Mm -hmm. and um you know i I look at it this way you're gonna you're gonna act your way into a feeling that's what men do Mm -hmm. you know whereas boys will feel their way into acting Mm -hmm. it's just like motivation Mm -hmm. you know with motivation it's like you're you're feeling your way into acting so it's like motivation if I'm sure it's like the number one most searched genre on YouTube. Mm-hmm. So when you look at motivation, it's like you can get motivation anywhere. And that's why motivation, I don't depend on it too much mm-hmm. just because motivation can buy it on the shelf. Look at like how many energy drinks are out there. Mm-hmm. That's motivation. You can buy motivation, two hour, three hour motivation, five hour, five hour yeah. motivation. Yeah. And then, you know, you look at that and then what's going to carry you past that motivation once you're not motivated anymore. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a sense of discipline. And you can't buy discipline. Mm-mm. You know, you can only teach yourself discipline. And I had to discipline myself to, um, I guess, teach myself that quality time with the family is much more important than your time at the gym. I had to discipline myself to do that. Yeah. So, yeah, it was pretty awesome. So, <laughs> And I agree because you're right. Like what you're saying with, uh, with Taekwondo, 
Mm-hmm. You initially start something, it's uncomfortable as hell. Oh, yeah. And it's not yeah. very rewarding. But when it is rewarding, for me anyways, and other people I've talked to, obsession is imminent. Mm-hmm. Like, and if you get over those initial phases, right, it's, you can, you can change yourself into who you think you want to be, which is so much more than who you compulsively feel you should be. Yes. And there's even an example in exercise where like people would say, oh, well, if you compulsively exercise, that's not a problem. Mm -hmm. Well, overtraining. Oh yeah. Where you, where you only sleep an hour and (laughs) yeah. Yeah. And you, you get after it. And that's where I always like, I love to ask people, you know, what, what is working hard look like to you? Cause working hard isn't simply like, can you do the most or can you put in the most intensity in something? Mm -hmm. That's not beneficial. No, not always. Anyways. Mm -mm. Um, my dad always told me, you know, work smarter, not harder. Mm -hmm. But it's like, I was sitting there thinking, why can't I just do both? But yeah. once I got into the Navy and I was training, it was like, I I, <laughs> I completely threw smarter out the window. Yeah. All I was doing, I was like, I just want to drive myself because I know they're going to kick my ass by the time I get to end dock. And once I get to Buds and then Hell Week, and then it's like, yeah, I'm not even going to worry about that. But yeah. I was mentally just trying to train myself to adapt to that. But, you know, everything for a reason. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm glad I knew that. I could push myself to that limit because I never knew that I could literally operate on an hour of sleep, go run, go swim, prep my meals for the day, and then go work a full eight to 10 hour shift, keeping other people safe. Mm-hmm. It's just like, mm-hmm. I did not know I was capable of that, mm-hmm. you know? So that was awesome. I mean, I'm glad I pushed myself to the limit, even though I broke myself. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah. And, yeah. And in saying that, I, I that's where, um, right now within my life, right. I've been spending, a lot of my time with athletics and yeah. um, so much so to where I want to be a comedian and mm-hmm. I, I want to be a writer. Mm-hmm. Um, but that is a later <clears throat> thing mm-hmm. to where athletics are now. Yeah. Because I think there's something to be said with identifying where your limitations are yes. and being very familiar with that. Yes. Um, and taking the, the pros and cons, you know, taking it on your shoulders essentially mm-hmm. because what I've seen is when you go to those places, right, when you go to your physiological and mental limits, um, the context of everything changes. Mm-hmm. And for, for me anyways, I want to know. And, and that's where, where I'm going with these, like, endurance races and stuff like that. Yeah. Is, like, I want to know what, what's, what's just beyond there. Mm-hmm. And, and in the way that I uh, do it with my son is, like, if when I'm training, uh, we do – many other things before besides athletics, like creative yeah. things, stuff like that. I'm very, very adamant. That's why I was saying with, uh, we were talking about earlier with, I like Joe Rogan because he always has like all these random things, seemingly yeah. random, but it's my firm belief that like, if I, I would rather be like a, a warrior poet in that right. sense, right? There's something to be said of like knowing athleticism, but also knowing creativity, knowing family, mm-hmm. right? And knowing to do things like a solo backpacking trip for five days on your mm-hmm. own. Like, and to understand like the whole capacity of, of what life has to has yes. to offer. Yes. Um, and I'm curious in how you relate and what you find are the most satisfying bonding moments with your kids. Because what I found with my son is through athletics, um, learning the guitar, for mm-hmm. instance, these activities, I've gotten closer to him than I had with my parents when their level of spending time with me was let's go um let's watch a movie which is which is great mm-hmm. but if that's the only thing that you do right or 
let's go, you know, just Thanksgiving dinners. And yeah. then it's just kind of like couch potatoing. Right. Like I, I didn't, I've gotten closer with my son through these things, hardship mm-hmm. and challenges and overcoming the challenges, learning things in school, even and participating right. in that. than I have with just like casually observing and casually partaking in our time together. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's your, one of your favorite ways to, or most satisfying ways to connect with your children? Man, so let me f- first start by mm-hmm. saying father power is, it's missing. It's definitely missing. <laughs> um, father power is the most important thing. But I, I can say a lot of my most important moments because I have two girls, one boy. Mm-hmm. Um, so as far as my son, I think the most significant bonding moments come from when I'm teaching him martial arts. Um, he said, I want to learn martial arts. I was like, back in my mind, I was like, I knew how expensive that shit was. Mm-hmm. So yeah. <laughs> I'm just going to teach him myself. Mm-hmm. Um, honestly, what I, the first thing I taught him was not even a martial arts move. It was just how to just avoid a fight overall. Mm-hmm. Let's work on your communication first. Let's learn how to talk your way out of a situation before it happens. Mm-hmm. Now, if that situation comes up, I literally um, have him do like a, um, a knife hand block and I have him step back. And I'll literally have them yell, I don't want to fight. At least that'll get somebody's attention. Yeah. You know, start them off that way. And then, um, you know, once he starts to mature a little bit, then I'll start teaching him the moves that could freaking take somebody's head off. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but um, <laughs> as far as my girls, um, the girls, it's it's a little different because they're they're women, mm-hmm. of course. But um, the, the best thing that comes from them is honestly just sitting there talking with them, having a conversation with them, especially my oldest. Like, she's smart as hell. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just knowing that, you know, talking about her past, what she wants to do with her life. And the thing is, I made this promise to all three of them that I will give them the best life possible. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I definitely want to be a free dad, a dad who doesn't work a nine to five job mm-hmm. anymore, um, a dad who can still be at home and still make money. Mm-hmm. And that's what that's what I'm on the road to doing now. Um, and that's why it's very important to have just be at home 24-7 with my kids. It's very important. Mm-hmm. So I say definitely just talking with my girls and obviously athletics, martial arts with my son. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's what's really awesome. So, mm-hmm. yeah. I agree. With, it's like what I've been doing with my son is, is <clears throat> uh, trying to exactly engage what he likes. And yeah. then if he doesn't know, that's a start. Mm-hmm. When, let's go find things. Let's go. Right. You know, we go uh, watch a band play at one of the parks in Seattle, right? Yeah. Or go um, a murder mystery show. We go watch plays and then mm-hmm. relate it to, like, you can do that too. Right. And if you want to do that too, well, let's let's do it. Let's, yeah. Let's try it out together, you know? Yeah. And, and um, doing things like those are just a conversation. Because mm-hmm. there is a thing that, like, that I've experienced for watching TV, uh, more movie, right? Mm-hmm. I enjoy going to the movies with him. Mm-hmm. And... There's a difference f- for me where I can go to the movies and we can go there and I have my experience. He has his experience and we watch a movie. We go home. That's it. Right. Right. That was a cool movie. Oh, yeah. You liked it? Oh, great. Or we watch a movie and there's a movie where um, a bull, he gets, I don't know, he gets sent out to like a farm and then they make him do like a bullfighter for the matador. Mm-hmm. Um, and if they basically the if the bull loses, the bull gets stabbed. And then they eat it, which is like, you know, the old school, I think in Spain they do it. Mm-hmm. Um, and we watched the movie, but through the whole movie, it's like we talk about it and we engage. Like, you know, what, like the archetype, like not just archetypes, like I'm putting that in a very adult way right now. But right. like you go through the whole experience of this and it becomes a rich thing. And that's where just conversations are actually being present with your children mm-hmm. instead yes. of like, ah, oh, we're just here. <clears throat> 
and then you come out. But having that conversation, like, what'd you like about that? You right. know, what was that funny part? Yeah, exactly. I love that too. Yeah. And in having those deep connections uh, with with children, and I would say mm-hmm. not just children, because I experienced it in jujitsu. Because I mean, your personal space is kind of gone, um, and it's a lot harder to keep people at arm's length. Yes, not just physically, but also emotionally and um, mental mentally. Right. Um, is connecting with people at that level, period. Mm-hmm. And that's like telling you, essentially, right, all the things that I'm thinking and feeling, not holding back, not just keeping it in like a talk. How's the weather today? Mm-hmm. It's something more. And, you know, with children, I mean, that's where the, the most exciting conversations lie instead of, like, the whining and shallow yeah. <laughs> kind of thing, yeah. like the grind, right? Yeah, of course. And um, I'm right there with you with the 24-7 thing. Like, um, I just don't want to be limited by a schedule that someone set for me. Yeah. And it's not that like I, (laughs) I'd pull my son out of school and I'd like hang out with him, you know, all throughout the day and homeschool him. Mm -hmm. Uh, However, I would want to ask him like, do you want to come traveling with me Mm -hmm. and have that ability? Or, you know, let's, you know, let's take the weekend and let's go to the uh, Olympic National Forest and go to the animal sanctuary and then go hit the Ho Rain Forest and doing those things, not because, I'm limited by my resources or I'm mm-hmm. limited by my time, but doing those because he genuinely has an interest and so do I. Yes. And I mean, that's, that's what life is, right? Where it like, it's just exciting moments as opposed to, you know, making ends meet mm-hmm. that being it. Oh my gosh, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's, that's something that a lot of people want. Well, that's every person in the world wants time. Mm-hmm. Every person in the world wants time, but when it comes to, <clears throat> I think when people are, have the opportunity to actually get that, and I've, I've known this just because I've been in business myself for two years, but I've been in entrepreneurship since I was 18, but mm-hmm. um, what I've known is that a lot of people want it, but a lot of people are not willing to really take a chance, mm-hmm. and that, that goes with anything. You have to take a chance. You want to be great. You want what you want. You want this tremendous success, then you got to take a chance. Mm-hmm. And nothing worth having goes without taking a chance. It's mm-hmm. simple as that. But I think at some point, people get in their mind that they're so comfortable at where they are. So they convince themselves to think like, okay, I like this job. They're treating me well. Even though this is not your dream job. Where, at what point? Because I'm sure there's a lot of people, <laughs> factory workers, refinery workers, all those people, people who are Walmart greeters. You did not want to be that there was at some point you wanted to be something amazing. Mm-hmm. At one point, what what was there a disconnection? Where did the, the line get disconnected where you just didn't want to fight anymore? Mm-hmm. And then at that point, I think that's where it was nothing but downhill. And mm-hmm. they just started to accept where they are. Mm-hmm. But the moment somebody comes up and say, hey, you don't have to stay here. It's like, uh, no, I, I like being here. Mm-hmm. Really. <laughs> because I'm pretty sure... I'm sure when Harriet Tubman was making, well, she was leading people towards the Underground Railroad. Mm-hmm. Prior to that, she was saying, hey, I have found a way to escape this uh, this bondage. And there were black slaves saying, no, I don't, mm-hmm. I can stay here. You know, I, the master treats me good. And Harriet Tubman said, it's sad to know that people who are slaves don't know that they're slaves. Mm-hmm. Because they're so comfortable. Because they've been beaten into... Mentally, emotionally, physically, they've been beaten into a mindset where they're just so damn comfortable. Mm -hmm. But yet you want all these things. But these will be the same people who will criticize those who are actually doing it. 
But at the end of the day, you will never be criticized by someone who's doing better than you. You will always be criticized by someone who's doing less. Mm. Always. And that's why I, I don't think nothing of it. It's like, look, I can teach you. I can help you. But if you really don't want it, then there's nothing I can do about mm-hmm. that. <laughs> you know, it's just that old analogy. Everybody uses it. You know, you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink it. Yeah. You know, and that's why I just don't really, I don't really develop too much of an emotional connection with people that I do mentor. Um, just because people come and go, unless they've actually earned my friendship and my relationship, okay, I'll invest my time and money into you. But mm-hmm. you're looking at a guy who has three kids, a wife, and works a full-time job mm-hmm. and builds a business on the side. Don't ever tell me in your life you don't have time. Mm-hmm. Don't ever tell me because that's <laughs> bullshit. It's just a matter of priorities. That's all it is. It's like, how do I go from couch potato to the person I am now? It's like, it's like you just got to want it. You got to be a fucking dog. <laughs> be a dog or get eaten. It's like, you got to choose. And it's like, I'm not with the sheep. I'm not being, I'm not, I'm tired of getting up when there's still dark outside and I'm looking at red taillights every day. It's like, oh, God, you know, I could be still asleep if I pushed a little harder, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and it's just that lifestyle and just to know that you have the time with your kids to actually do those things. Mm-hmm. That's the dream. But, um, you know, everybody has their they have their thing. Yeah. You know, but I've come to respect that because yeah. I've had people around <clears throat> me who I used to be Mr. Fix it. Yeah, <laughs> where I had like friends and a lot of women actually were like, like my son's mom, I met her and she was drinking a lot. Yeah. And I'm like, well, um, I felt bad. Like we slept together, kind of mm-hmm. a one night stand thing. Yeah. But no, nah, I'm like, well, she, if, I mean, if she just changed a little bit, she wouldn't be so bad. Yeah. And so I'm like, well, maybe I can help her out. And then like one thing led to <clears> another and I entangled myself and I, I fall because of it as well. Right. And she didn't want to, she wasn't, didn't want to be helped. She wasn't ready to be helped. Right. She wasn't asking even. Yeah. And it got to the point to where like I was essentially God. Mm -hmm. Right. Cause that's what you, that's what you assume when -hmm. you say, no, you, you don't understand life can be better for you. I know life can be better for you. If you follow the things that I say, right. Right. Without anyone asking you for, for any advice. Mm -hmm. And, I didn't realize it at the time. I thought I was doing something nice and I didn't know that I was dol- indulging in like narcissism. Mm-hmm. And and who was I either at the time? Yeah. Like through all the things that I've gone through, right? I, I was no better <clears throat> off. Um, I thought I was helping. Mm-hmm. And my inability to say no ultimately was my downfall and made her worse for it. Mm-hmm. And as I went through my life and I was trying to pull myself out of darkness and into some form of light, right? Right. Find right. find a direction. Yeah. Um, as I was doing that, I'd have people around me, and they would be asking me for help. Mm-hmm. And I was helpless. So the only thing that I thought was, well, we can be helpless together, right? Yeah. And, and that's something. Yeah. Because I'm trying to move forward. But when people would fall, I would be entangled further because I would mm-hmm. say... Oh no no it's fine like you need to lo- you need more money here here you go mm-hmm. or oh you need me to pick you up here yeah and then I can't do any of the things like I couldn't mm-hmm. focus on my life because I've now been entrenched in this person who continually misses yes. the mark and is not <clears throat> is not making the changes yes and so I've I've had to learn and I'm still learning mm-hmm. 
how do I um, how do I set those boundaries to mm-hmm. where I'm compassionate, yet I'm not indulgent in narcissism, and I'm not indulgent and I'm not destroying myself and them in the process. Right. In right. which I've come to the point to where she put it far more beautifully than I ever have. Mm-hmm. Was like I do, you know, martial arts. I um, go into the back country. Mm-hmm. I have these things that I like to do. If you happen to like them too, you are more than welcome to come along. Yes. The door is open. Right. But I will not push you through the door. Right. And if you come through the door and you come on one of these trips with me or participate in one of these experiences, as long as you don't overstep my boundaries mm-hmm. and you show up again, you're invited. And it's hard for me because I have family, like mm-hmm. uh, my sister who struggles with uh, like meth, my um, dad, he's been struggling with meth since before I was born, more than right. 23 years. And it's like, does that mean that I <clears throat> don't love you because I don't go out of my way to tell you how you should change? Mm-hmm. And that's not, that isn't love mm-hmm. at all. And that's what how I would say is replicating what some would call God or mm-hmm. uh, a demigod or imposing my will upon others. And that's, right. I mean, that even in a government level is just dictatorship. Like, yeah. Any way you frame yeah. that, it's not loving. Yes. And yes. It's easy to disguise it as loving. Right. But yeah, and I I've think. never thought of it in even like a mentorship. Yeah, it's um it's something that I I had to teach myself. It's something that I had to go through the ringer over and over and over. Um at some point, you know, it was even one time where it almost cost me my relationship with my wife and um thankfully, you know, she was beating it to my head like you need to get your shit together. Again, mm-hmm. she she couldn't say that enough, but it was so necessary. And, um, you know, thank God, you know, that I was willing to take criticism. Um, it's like I said, I can't say how amazing she is, but, mm-hmm. you know, when you're saying that, you know, when you're, you're, you love this person and you want to help them, you know, and that's how it was. But it's just like when you're feeding, <laughs> it's like you're going to a park. I know I keep using these analogies. No, I love your analogies, yeah. man. It's like candy. <laughs> right. <laughs> so I mean, it's like when you're going to like a park and you're feeding pigeons bread, right? You're, those pigeons are going to keep coming back because you keep giving them bread instead of them going out and catching their own food. Mm-hmm. And that's the same way our mentorship is because my mentorship is like, hey, I'm here. I will help you. I will tell you how I would approach the situation. It's up to you to handle it, though. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's what even comes with being a man. It's even in man principles. It's like, you know, I can I can teach you how to be a man, but when it comes to situations, you have to handle those yourself. Mm-hmm. It's just like martial arts. Mm-hmm. I can teach you the tools, but when that situation comes, you have the responsibility. You mm-hmm. take control of that situation. Mm-hmm. And it's like, even with my business, it's like, I, I look at different CEOs of different companies and my, my mentorship, um... And I see how they carry themselves. I see how CEOs carry themselves. It's like that's why these people respect them because they have this. They have the love. They will treat the janitor just like they would treat the vice president. But at the same time, it's like, but don't fuck with me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's yeah. that same yeah, thing, boundaries. you know. Exactly, it's a boundary type of thing, and it just needs to be there. But coming from a guy who has been taken advantage of because he was nice, it's. At one point, some point, you draw the line. Mm-hmm. You draw the goddamn line. You draw a line in concrete, and it never goes away. Mm-hmm. And that's how it has to be. But that's something I had to train myself to do. You even see that <clears> with <throat> children, right? Um, yes. It's a big component because I'll have my son to where 
he'll uh let's say he'd hit me right yeah and like uh if you hit me you go on timeout yeah that's the consequence but if he hits me and this has actually been observed uh very clearly um in in science right Mm -hmm. uh and i've observed it anecdotally if if you hit me then okay you know what if if you hit me again you're gonna go on timeout right like i just now set the goalpost back right or if he hits me and I inflame and, you know, I raise my voice or something like that. Right? Yeah. I give him uh, negative reinforcement, mm-hmm. right? Because that, that's essentially what that is. I'm giving him attention, mm-hmm. even even though it's negative. Mm-hmm. Um, well, then hits me again. Yeah. Right? And knows that um, he's pushing me, pushing right. me. Because if, if <clears> I do that, then, then he knows that, okay, then there's some wiggle room here. Mm-hmm. As opposed to if he hits me and I say, oh, you're going timeout. So here you go, you're going timeout. Mm-hmm. And then no reinforcement, right? Yeah. I guess it'd be negative punishment, which right. is putting him on timeout. Right. And then if he comes back and he hits me again, right, after like four or five times, almost as if like it's Pavlovian conditioning, which mm-hmm. actually it mm-hmm. is. For those of you who don't know, uh, within uh, Pavlovian conditioning, it's where the dog, they ring the bell, they give it food. And uh, dogs, before, when they see food, they salivate. Uh, so they do that so many times and then they can ring the bell and don't give the dog food. It will salivate expecting the food. And so conditioning a human being, essentially that when you hit me, you go on timeout. So when he gets angry, he knows, Oh, I hit, I'll go on timeout. Don't hit. Mm-hmm. Right. And that's for other people is like, I'm gentle. Right. I'm loving. Right. I'm compassionate. But if you steal money from me, mm-hmm. I you are fired. Mm-hmm. There is no like, oh, okay, one more time. Right. Then people aren't going to steal money from me. No. Like they, they might, <laughs> no. but it's going to get tested. That's why they call it pushing buttons with children. Oh, yeah. Right? And once they know that when you push the button, the lights go off, mm-hmm. I won't push the button anymore because I want the lights to stay on. Exactly. And people are like that. Friends, yeah. employers, or employees, children, even your animals. And and it's that's I think is an important thing to cultivate <clears throat> that disi- that inner discipline, um, in being resolute. Yes. With your actions. Yes. And um, I don't know if you do. It's something that's increasingly becoming more important to me, which is assessing like. What are my values? And honestly, with these people that I love around me, including my own son, mm. what can I not tolerate? Like, what what is something that makes my day-to-day existence so unbearable mm-hmm. that I would attribute that to suffering? Mm-hmm. And then I criticize it. Is that genuinely, like, a reasonable thing to ask of someone? Mm-hmm. And then if it is, then I have principles. And now oh, I have yeah. values. Yes. And unquestionable principles and values. Right. Right. And that's, that's, um, you know, when people have their values, I, man, I, I can't tell you, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, um, you know, I see a lot of people nowadays, they'll say they have their values, um, on point and these will be the same people who go to church on Sunday, act a fool Monday through Saturday. Mm-hmm. But, um, when, when people just take a step back for a second, just look in the mirror and explain their values. Do they line up with what I'm doing? Mm -hmm. Your actions have to match your values. Otherwise, you're just a hypocrite. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, a lot of people nowadays don't even know that they're hypocrites. And especially, oh, my gosh, man, especially when I was going through high school. And I was, 
getting made fun of sometimes because my dad worked at the high school as a teacher, so I was getting the bulk of a lot of bullshit. So um, when that happened, it was like, okay, this person did something. They did something bad that hurt me. And now when something bad happens to that person, all of a sudden they want to play the victim. It's like, mm. it's just karma. <laughs> it's just, you know, that that's what happens. So people want to... They want to give it out, but they can't take it either. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by it. It's like when you stick to your values, stick to your values. Mm-hmm. When you have values, stick to them because they're going to be tested mm-hmm. all the time. <laughs> all the time, each and every single day. Mm-hmm. And uh, you just have to stick by it. It's just simple. I mean, it's either a do or die type of thing. Yeah. <laughs> like either you do or you don't. And that goes back to having those threshold experiences, yeah. you know, physically and <clears throat> mentally to where like you're – you're doing something to where you're pushed to your mental limits. I mean, even if you, you know, spend a little bit of time strength training or running or to to 100% intensity, mm-hmm. like there's something to be said for that experience that is universally applied to all of your experiences. Yes. Which um, has been huge <clears throat> for me because I didn't know when I watched like a strongman competition, right? I mean, the comp- the competition arguably, yeah, because I'd say they do 100, about 100% intensity. That's when they push their limits yeah um is that when someone's lifting something right or you're exerting yourself as much as you humanly possibly can that is harder than that can be harder than things you've ever dealt with things Mm -hmm. that like intense suffering essentially Mm -hmm. And, and with that you learn to have like hard and fast it helps anyways right hard and fast principles right um and it's almost like when you do martial arts uh like the dojo stuff Mm-hmm. To where, like, there's, like, martial arts that, that don't, that wouldn't necessarily, like, work in practice. But then when you put it into practice, mm-hmm. your understanding of those martial arts changes dramatically. Yes. And I think that's where you put yourself into, like, a very intense scenario or very mentally mm-hmm. exhaustive scenario. Yeah. Your understanding of what who you are, your capabilities, your values even. Yes. Change substantially. Yes. I had that experience when I did uh, Krav Maga in mm-hmm. Knoxville, Tennessee for six oh. months. Six months. Oh, my gosh. So that was when I actually met Matt Hughes. I still have a picture. Oh, what? Yeah. Oh, that's I tight. met Matt Hughes. He has some long arms for a short guy. Really? Yeah, he really does. But, um, you know, when I took Crab My God, it was eye-opening just because every every scenario, every part of training was fighting for your life, mm-hmm. fighting for your life. Whereas here I am, I'm used to, you know, taking it technique at a time, technique at a time, sparring. Okay, now it's game time. But cry my guy, it's game time all the time, 110% all the time. So it was Whoa. it was those type of things. Like they they didn't believe in training on the mats and keeping everything comfortable. They would take you outside and back of the building, and you know they'll do like um, mugging scenarios, Whoa, and like throwing up wild. against a brick wall and stuff like that. It's like. Remember, you signed up for this. You signed a waiver, so if you get hurt, you know that's all. Yeah, it's your fucking fault. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it was good. It was a good experience because it was it's eye opening just how real a scenario can be. Mm-hmm. But that, I mean, that was pretty awesome. That is yeah. pretty cool, man. Yeah. I'd love to do that. Probably my guy yeah. was a different. Oh, that's a different environment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It was good though. It was fun. It was fun. Mm. Yeah. So when you're, um, correct me, you you were in the Navy. 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 Yeah. So when you were in the Navy and you didn't end up going into the SEALs, mm-hmm. um, what did that, what did you do in the, when you realized that that wasn't, when you got tendonitis and you realized that that wasn't where you were going? Were um, you shook? I was shook. I was very disappointed in myself. Um, 
I knew I didn't have anything to prove to anybody. I just had a lot to prove to myself because I knew what I went through before then. Like, I wanted to prove that I can, I can go from just being an ant on a hill or whatever to being a whole freaking mountain. Mm. And that's what I wanted to do. And, that, and when you dedicate yourself that much to it and it's just gone in less than 10 minutes, it's like, jeez, mm-hmm. <laughs> like, yeah. what am I going to do now? So, and after that point, it was like, okay, um, I guess I'm going to get into bodybuilding. Whoa. And then uh, I kind of mixed bodybuilding with entrepreneurship and then I started YouTubing and doing a bunch of Instagram stuff and Facebook stuff, which led to darker shit. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. and I had to pull back on that. And at that point, I just completely got rid of uh, social media in general. Mm-hmm. But that was after I met my wife. Mm-hmm. So, mm-hmm. yeah. But, I mean, it, it, was, in a, it was disappointing. Mm-hmm. I'm not even going to lie to you. But I learned quickly that you can't stay in a place for too long. It's okay to cry. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to cry, but it's don't sit, yeah, don't sit there for too long because mm-hmm. you know you still got a life to live. You still got stuff that you're destined for. Mm-hmm. You know, I was only twenty, twenty two. Yeah, it's twenty one, twenty two when I first um, when I found out that it wasn't gonna work out, and then at that point I just started dedicating myself to bodybuilding. So mm-hmm. is that um, something that you were interested in in the background? Um. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was. I liked the fact that I was gaining weight. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't start gaining weight until I was in the military, um, just because I was away from home, and then I had my own money, so I could do my own thing. And I was never the guy to really go out to parties. If I did, I was acting a fool. <laughs> but <laughs> I mean, most of the time I spent in the gym. But um, at that point, I went from one seventy-five to two fifty in two years. Whoa, that's yeah, all mass. Yeah, and that was. Um, that was just me staying on a strict diet. Um, I didn't believe in performance enhancements or anything like that. Wow. I strictly stayed on that. Um, Were you like, so <clears throat> I'm I'm learning a little bit about like uh, strong yeah. strength and conditioning. Yeah. And I'm having this, <clears throat> there's a guy, his um, name is, uh, it's CJ, I don't remember his last name, mm-hmm. but he's in high school and he's an Olympic lifter. Mm-hmm. And usually you see like the Olympic lifters, like the heavy set, <clears throat> right? They got a little fat on them. Yeah. And like this kid does not. He's no. my size. I'm about like 155, 158, yeah. right? So, uh, and and he's doing like extreme Olympic lifting. Yeah. And I was, hmm, I did not know you. I thought I thought he had to be like like bigger. Yeah. So was your body composition like a lot of a lot of muscle, or were you also putting on fat to accentuate the muscle? Um, no, honestly, it was me putting on just a lot of muscle. I was trying oh. to trim down on the fat at the same time. Uh-huh. So more so, like body uh, aesthetics. Yes. Oh. Yes. So that's where I was aiming more towards, um, just because I really, if I was gonna. Uh, competing for my first bodybuilding competition, mm-hmm. I wanted to take first place, nothing less. Oh, and that's but, where uh, bodybuilding <clears throat> is, is that, and that's where I get that confused. Is bodybuilding is different than uh, like a strongman competition? Yeah, like powerlifting and all that. Stuff. All aesthetics. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, powerlifting is pretty awesome too. I mean, that's it's, it's pretty intense. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I will. I like to train like a powerlifter, mm-hmm. but I would love to have a bodybuilder's body. I, mm-hmm. I mean, there's some people who are just blessed with that. I mean, I was blessed with genetics. Um. Like I said, like, this is me, like, freaking not going to the gym for, like, 
you know, a week. Really? But it's, yeah, literally. Like, it's just, but my wife, she, she yeah. cooks, she preps all my meals. So oh, like, yeah. Oh, so, yeah. I'm right there with yeah. you. When I was telling you I was eating goldfish when I was younger, right? I'd have, like, hypertension yeah. to where I get, if I had, like, too much sugar, I'd kind of get a little woozy. Yeah. But I always had a six-pack, and I did nothing. See? Yeah. Yeah, so I, I kind of know where you're at. Gotta love genetics. Dude. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Gotta love it. But, I mean, it's, it's just one of those things, man. But, yeah, I mean, after that, um... The whole Navy SEAL thing didn't work out. Got into bodybuilding. And then um, bodybuilding didn't work out. Mm-hmm. Um, led me to a dark place. Uh, I was going to go to Las Vegas, actually, to go to UNLV. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going to get uh, my doctor's degree in physical therapy. I was going to open up Ooh. my own doctor's office in Las Vegas, um, catering to mostly uh, athletes, bodybuilders, powerlifters. So, okay. yeah, so, I mean, I wanted to... Uh, Really just be that that go-to guy that everybody could depend on. Mm-hmm. You know, I want to be the number one guy. But um, didn't work out, and just a lot of things that played into it, and I ended up not moving to Vegas, came back here, um, and then that's when I knew I was meant to fight for my freedom and fight for my family, and, mm-hmm. and that's when I met um, Holly and... At that point, everything just went even further from there. It just went uphill. Mm. Like, it was just awesome. My whole mentality and, like, the urgency in my life that I had, but at the same time being proficient mm. at mm. what I do. So, um, mm. okay. When you were saying you're in, like, a dark <clears throat> place, uh, can you describe that? Like, is it mm. is it in the way where you, you're lost on, like, what sense of meaning that you have and how you value yourself? Yes, yes. Um, I totally lost my meaning. I... I was like, okay, so Navy SEALs didn't work out. Bodybuilding didn't work out for me. And I I was that close. You know, I mm-hmm. wanted to, like I said, anything I do, I want to be number one at. And I want to be number one bodybuilder. I think I had the physique. I think I had the work ethic for it. But um, so what led me to that point was when I started diving into social media and everything like that. You know, I was going back into that mindset of I want to have my cake and eat it too. So mm-hmm. I want to you know, enjoy Vegas for what it is. And at the same time, I want to kick some ass too. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I was going to willing to do anything to get money. Like I knew working a normal nine to five job wasn't going to really supply me the stuff I need to become a great bodybuilder because I knew that was going to be damn near a full-time job. Mm -hmm. So that's when I was going to dive into adult entertainment and stuff like that. And then, um, I've been there to be honest with you. You have? Yeah. Well, I I was, yeah, that was a consideration I had. Yeah. I'm like, dude, this is, I I could either work two jobs. I I need to figure something out. And I was looking at adult entertainment. However, in the area, it didn't have anything up. And I'm like, and then I got into webcam stuff. And I'm like, I don't, I I don't know if I can do this. Yeah. You just feel like, you feel, why am I doing this? What am I doing? Who am I? Exactly. What are my motivations for all of these things? And at yep. the end of the day, like, what does that what does that really mean? Right. And it was just that's the dark place it sent me to. And um, <laughs> it's it's crazy looking back on that mentality. It's like doing whatever it takes to get where you need to go, to an extent. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, at that point, it's like, what did my dad teach me? What did my mom teach me? Self respect. I literally gave all that up just to achieve something. You know that that could be obtained in other ways. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, I had to have my wife in my life to teach me that, mm-hmm. you know, it's nothing like a woman who, who's been through bullshit, who's been through the ringer and she knows what type of mindset I was in. And she knew it was like, you know, 
that, that that's not what you need. This is exactly what you need. Listen to me. Stop being a dumbass. <laughs> and that that's where that's why um, you know, at that point, it was it's worth staying in Washington. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I definitely want to go back to Vegas with my family. Um, I want to definitely buy probably a five or six bedroom house out there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's actually when I get solidified in the business. But um, that's the dream. Now it's just the kids and her. Yeah. Two priorities, man. That's so then you're <clears> like <throat> sense of meaning and purpose. Is that, am I clear <clears throat> on this? Is that your sense of meaning and purpose comes, goes from like being, being the best, you know, at something, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, as it shifts and changes yes. and then, and then family steps in I mean, mm-hmm. and your values change yes where i want i want to help these people like not help these people sorry i want to mm-hmm. i want to be there for these people and mm-hmm. i want to connect with them and yes. i want to be a part of this family yes that's um exactly where it went to i definitely relate to a lot of um if you ever seen a movie sorry everybody seen it you ever seen troy with uh brad pitt oh yeah yeah so like he was so obsessed with the glory of just having his name sewn in history forever mm-hmm. And it's one scene in there that stuck out to me. It was before, it was right at the beginning where he's about to fight the big freaking Sasquatch motherfucker. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's talking to the kid. He said, you're about to fight Themelias. He's the, he's like, he's the biggest fighter in the world. I wouldn't want to fight him. And then Achilles said, and that's why no one will remember your name. Mm. Because that kid was so scared, he didn't want to take the chance of, you know, fighting him when, you know, he was of age. But... Mm-hmm. Achilles said, that's why nobody's going to remember your name, because you don't want to take the chance. And I relate so much to that, because he was willing to do whatever it took, but at the same time, it cost him his life. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and, and that's what I, I relate to a lot of people. I love giving out analogies, because it just, it, it gets across to people better. Yeah, it does. You know, but, I mean, that's just, that's the type of place I was in. Mm-hmm. But, you know, it's just, it's, it was a necessary evil, and it really needed to happen. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, I wouldn't relate to people a lot. Yeah, exactly. Because so, that's yeah. that, and that's that whole hero's journey, right? <clears throat> oh, yeah. And, yeah. and in that sense, too, is like, because there's, there's a hero's journey, and where you see people, and they'll, they'll martyr themselves for oh, the yeah. sake of something, for, mm-hmm. for the sake of glory, uh, for the sake of vanity, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it, those can be two separate things, and those can also overlap. Oh, yeah. Um, and even for the sake of greed. Mm-hmm. And that's a very human characteristic that time and time and again is is, is a pitfall, right? Yes. Um, however, it does have its lessons. Yes, it does. And, and I think people are gripped in their own ways. Like I, I know people who are gripped in greed mm-hmm. that probably wouldn't be gripped like I am in the sense of like, I want to climb Everest. Oh, <laughs> and it's like, like awesome. I, I want to, and you know, things like that, right? Yeah. And I yeah. do want to do those <laughs> things. But I'm very aware that some things I ha- I can't do, right? right? Like some things I can't do right now. Like I can't do the triple crown of the ultras where I do the all three 200-milers next year. Mm-hmm. It's possible in the sense that I could forego mm-hmm. all of these other things that I value. But at the re- like looking at a quality life, mm-hmm. at the result of what? Yeah. Like that's, that is an pure indulgence in glory, right? Yes. Or... Uh, yeah, I'd say glory. Yeah, and, and with that, it, it's destructive. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I have to I have to weigh it out. And I've been in places where I don't know what it is um, with the fixing it thing, but I've spent my whole life. Sorry, I've spent a lot of my time in my youth to trying to help people. Right, and I've foregone any <clears throat> of those, all of those moments for that. Mm-hmm. Like I. 
basically all that I did in high school mm-hmm. was go to work, um, be in a relationship, and go to school. Right. And I had the opportunity to travel the world. I had the opportunity to go and see my dad in California, um, and all my family down there, and I never saw them for thir- 13 years. Wow. And it was like... That's you, awesome. Yeah, and it's like, you know, I'm being, like, fueled by these things, um, and looking back on it, I always have to assess. Mm-hmm. And it's like people like yourself, right, mm-hmm. with the, the admittance of mm-hmm. uh, of darkness mm-hmm. and the admittance of uh, of having challenges and, and trying to tri- triumph over those challenges mm-hmm. and triumphing over them and reassessing your values. Right. It, it's right. so helpful because, like, I think people way more often than not historically mm-hmm. today... Um, are caught in that. Mm-hmm. It's definitely a human quality. I mean, yes. my son's caught in it at times. Yeah. Like, he'll walk around the, <laughs> he'll walk around with all of his medals when someone will come right. in. I'm like, don't do that. <laughs> no, right. No, don't do that. Because um, like that's, that's going to be a dark road. But yeah. I mean, it, that might be his thing that he has to struggle with. And, yeah. You know, and I have to respect that. And, mm-hmm. and so, not respect it as in like indulge it, but mm-hmm. I can't like, chastise him for it because there's, there's something about winning without a fight mm-hmm. it seems illegitimate mm-hmm. you know what i mean yeah. like if you if something is just given to you it's like it doesn't even feel that good Mm-mm. you know it, it's just that's just it's and you look at that like <laughs> i can go off like uh have you ever read any uh nietzsche uh-uh, uh i have not so like he's fun to read because I haven't mm-hmm. done much reading, but mm-hmm. he's on my next list. Um, now that I finished Jordan Peterson stuff, yeah. his whole idea is is like you can either um, delay, like the, the longer you delay the suffering, or the longer you um, delay the gratification and the mm-hmm. satisfaction, the more potent the um, the satisfaction. So right. if you were to like climb a mountain, right, and it'll suck for six hours, mm-hmm. when you get to the top, <clears throat> it could be one of the greatest experiences you've ever had. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and the argument there is, is like, it's, uh, it's, there's no free lunch mm-hmm. in the sense that like, it's all equal. Like if you do, oh, yeah. uh, if you do alcohol <clears throat> or if you drink alcohol, right. Right. Uh, you get the initial like, uh, like fun, right. If mm-hmm. you enjoy alcohol, but what comes after or hangover right. swan. <laughs> Not at all. <laughs> and if you spend like your whole life, yeah. right. In, uh, basking in, in alcohol. Yeah. And then you get detox tremors and you get mm-hmm. like kidney, fu- like, you know, you lose your kidney, you have issues functioning physiologically. Mm-hmm. It's like there, there's a, there's a debt, right? Yeah. And like yeah. with exercise, um, there's this very similar thing with children. <clears throat> it's a similar thing. Like if they cross boundaries, right, you, you resist the, the, um, the desire to, uh, like your impulses, right? The mm-hmm. negative impulses for a better future. It's all zero right. sum game. And, and, yeah, I just think that's like a huge component of life. Mm-hmm. I agree. Um, even when like, I guess when you're, when people are going through a struggle mm-hmm. and they don't understand why they're going through this particular struggle, like why is this happening? This was just all good a week ago. Mm-hmm. But you also have to understand that when you decide to make a goal for yourself and when you decide to chase a dream or you decide to separate yourself from the herd, understand that as soon as you make that decision, you also agree that you made your bed, or made your bed, mm-hmm. made, your, made your bed, now you have to sleep in mm-hmm. it. And a lot of people just can't accept that because they're so used to getting sympathy from people. So when they, <laughs> when they finally get that hard knockout or that hard haymaker of life, mm-hmm. 
and they're going to look to their coach like, what you want me to do, coach? It's mm-hmm. like, I, you know, this is your fight. Mm-hmm. You fight it. And I think, like I said, we live in a world where a lot of people are soft. Mm-hmm. So when life hits, there here comes the excuses. Yeah. Here comes the pity parties. And it's just like, look, I'm a black man in America. Are you serious? And I have this type <laughs> of mentality. Like, yeah. I separated myself <laughs> a long time ago, and I understood the repercussions and the consequences of that. Mm-hmm. But I knew it wasn't going to kill me. Mm. If it was going to kill me, I was going to kill myself doing it. <laughs> you know? But, I mean, that... That's just something that a lot of people have to accept, mm-hmm. and a lot of people aren't willing to accept that. It's just easier is better for a lot of people, mm-hmm. and I can't judge you on that. You want to take the path of least resistance? Go ahead. Mm-hmm. But I mean, doors if, open. Exactly, doors always open. It's always open. But I love putting my foot to a door and breaking it open. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's that's just how I finding feel. out what's on the other side too. Exactly. Right? That's exactly. exciting. That's that's why I am the way I am because to tell my son that it's like son do you really want to go through this open door mm-hmm. or when you have more fun kicking down this one mm-hmm. like yeah <laughs> that's where I have with my son because like I'd uh um you know there's a struggle that you have for a parent like yeah. at least for me anyways where my son would uh, get hurt or he'd feel pain it's yeah. like there's this impulse to take <clears throat> away that pain to um so that he can experience what you would consider like happiness right Mm -hmm. and you increase the level of happiness no like that he's my son is is vulnerable um, right right? and that's he's fragile he's innocent like there's like some sort of like beauty in Mm -hmm. that with children right but that's why he also has to be strong yes and and like they're they're both uh what is it they're both two components of one thing Mm mm-hmm and it's like between order and chaos, right? And yes. discomfort and comfort. Like yep. you should equally exist within them and try to spend your life trying to figure out what that balance looks like and feels mm-hmm. like. And that's where when my son, <clears throat> you know, he has hard moments not mm-hmm. to shelter him through it, but to merely be there to answer any of his questions and provide him the security to know yes. that he's not going to die. Yes. Like, and that's putting it really extreme. Yeah. But I mean if people are like threatening, right? Mm-hmm. Um, or if even with his mom, he doesn't have a really good scenario there, mm-hmm. but he's allowed to set his, even though he's a kid, he's allowed to set his boundaries and say, I'm uncomfortable going there. And mm-hmm. I, that's fine. But as long as someone isn't in date, threatening his life by like, driving drunk, right? Mm-hmm. As long as that's not happening, then I am merely here to, to facilitate his boundaries right and, and with that and allowing him to experiment mm-hmm. and if i see that he's threatening his own life because he's not setting boundaries like the drinking thing right or right. someone's right. like beating him or molesting him then it's yeah. like well okay i am now the arbiter of safety mm-hmm. and that's been hard for me because my mom took me away from my father mm-hmm. because it's like these people don't care about you yeah and instead of finding that out for myself yeah. and figuring out how to resolve that it's like I was taken away into this idealized scenario. Mm-hmm. And it's that's not life. Because exactly. you're literally just plunged <clears throat> plunged into a world of order and chaos and it's up to you to facilitate that. And it's right. and to find the people who are doing it in ways that you admire right. and put them put yourself within their ranks. Mm-hmm. And then also for those who, who are looking for a hand to pull them up as well. Oh yeah. And like that's the closest that I and I've worked on that with you know, being a father mm-hmm. and trying to figure out how that looks. But 
Um, I do want to be respectful of your time, though. Oh yeah, so all good. yeah, no, you're good. Yeah. Um, so when you um, when you found your wife, right? Mm-hmm. You transitioned into just uh, full entrepreneur. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what kind of business do you run? Um, so our business is HT Enterprises. Mm-hmm. Um, so we are mentorship and leadership driven. Um, so we we take people through a vetting process. It's about a two month process. Um, and we teach people how to develop their own e-commerce business because that's just honestly that's the way the market is shifting. Mm-hmm. You got a lot of brick and mortar businesses are closing down, um, left and right. Cascade Mall yeah. is a perfect example. <laughs> but I mean, um, we teach people how to become business entrepreneurs. We teach people to, people to invest in themselves instead of someone else. Like instead of buying from this person, won't you buy from yourself? Mm-hmm. Um, People think we're sales. We're not sales. I'm not a salesperson. I don't like convincing people to do anything. Mm-hmm. It's like either you have a dream or you don't. You know. And the people that I take under um, my wing and I teach them how to do the same thing I'm doing, I'm very strict about who I work with. Just because um, the people that I mentor, I invest my time, my money, everything into them. But these will be the same people who will quit because things get hard. Mm. But that's mm-hmm. with anything. But a lot of people say, is this a pyramid scheme? I was like, no. Let me explain to you what a pyramid scheme is. Pyramid scheme is what you're working now, which is a job. I'm explaining to you why a pyramid scheme is a job. Because you have one person at the top who's making all this money. You got vice president, chief of operations, whatever it may be. And then they hire four people. Then those four people become eight. Those eight become 16. 16 becomes whatever number. I'm not at math. But <laughs> at that point, you know, you get down to the janitor who's not getting paid crap. Mm-hmm. And these guys are getting paid off of, the man at the top is getting paid off of your efforts. Shouldn't you be the one getting paid all that money instead mm-hmm. of him? Mm-hmm. Like, that that's what doesn't make sense to me. It's like, and once the people at the bottom make it to the, near to the top somehow, there's always that invisible ceiling mm-hmm. that stops you from getting to the top because you don't have an Ivy League degree mm. or you need some special requirement or whatever it may be. Not just because you bust your ass, mm-hmm. but yet you want to call my business a pyramid scheme. Mm-hmm. How is that when I want you to be better than me? Mm-hmm. All I'm doing is connect you up with some multimillionaires out in Bellevue mm-hmm. who know how to build a legitimate business and have done exactly what you do are self-made multimillionaires. Mm-hmm. And these guys are willing to sit down with you personally and for free and teach you about financial independence and financial freedom and what a good freaking rip, uh, marriage looks like, a good lifestyle looks like, and what values look like. So how do you call my business a pyramid scheme? I don't get it. I'm not pushing a product on you. I simply want to sit down and talk to you and see what type of attitude you have, what's your goals, what are your values. And if you, I think you're a right fit, let's continue. Let's continue this two-month gauntlet I'm going to take you through. <laughs> you know, because this is, these are going to be people I'm bringing around my family. These are people I'm going to be inviting to my cookouts. These are people I'm going to be traveling around the world with. And that's why I take it so seriously. And, but, um, Going off that, like I said, um, I teach people how to develop their own e-commerce business. Um, basically, everything we have, the online business is already provided for you. We are just looking for people who will commit to something mm. and stick with it. Obviously, if I really got into depth for what I do, it would take another freaking hour. Yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, honestly, that's what I do. Um, mentorship, entrepreneurship. That's, that's rad, man. Yeah. I mean, it's it's awesome. It's been so eye-opening for me. Mm-hmm. And that's that also changed me as well. It's just being around people, real men. Yeah. You know, it's rock solid. So, Dude, it's, it's awesome. Tight. Yeah. How long have you been doing it for? Two years. Two years. Two years. Oh, wow, Be, yeah. Before that, I got an entrepreneurship, but that was through social media. Mm, I see. Yeah. And, uh, <clears throat> it's interesting, too, because so right now I'm working on uh, releasing my kid's book. Mm-hmm. 
And with that, uh, Amazon, have you ever heard of like Amazon Create Space? Yes, and I have. With yeah. that, so that's I'm a firm believer in that because now Joey's like, oh, I want to write a book too. Like, yeah. Well, if you're willing to put in the work, you can, and you don't have to be uh, past like the gatekeepers because right. essentially <clears throat> anyone can make a book as long mm-hmm. as you meet the requirements, and then it's print on demand, no upfront cost. Uh, mm-hmm. I source my t-shirts uh for the podcast and mm-hmm. then for my company uh through a design or a service called printful mm-hmm. uh, with printful what they do is, is instead of having to pay a thousand dollars up front for like t-shirts right mm-hmm. it's cost prohibitive mm-hmm. no i it's print on demand and it's drop shipped so i create a design for free yeah upload the design onto their web service right um and then as long as i do all the designing myself that costs me no money right right um, which is a skill and you can learn awesome. to design. And then I upload that. And every time that someone purchases it, I only spend, I, I make normal t-shirt profits. Yeah. And then I don't have to spend <clears throat> money on the manufacturing facilities. I don't have to be someone who, you know, has upfront money, which arguably that's manageable, mm-hmm. but I don't need manufacturing. And I think as you go forward, right. Um, as we technology increases, mm-hmm. I'm really excited because with things like Amazon mm-hmm. and like with my company, right, um, I am doing, have a supplement company mm-hmm. and all my manufacturing is outsourced. I don't even touch That's it. That's awesome. And so with that, all I have to do is make purchases up front. And then um, for now, which it's bootstrapped, so, mm-hmm. uh, which is meaning I'm starting off with my own money essentially and I'm escalating upward, mm-hmm. uh, the packaging in the future won't be handled by me. It'll be handled by a company who, ha- who packages for hundreds of other companies and has million dollar, multi-million dollar machinery That's awesome. to do it efficiently. So yeah. if there was like one or five companies that were to manufacture supplements, right? Yeah. Um, that's better than all these small businesses manufacturing yeah. supplements because then they can do it hyper efficiently. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, they don't have to worry about the overhead because all these small entrepreneurs have the opportunity to come to them with very low startup uh, initiative. That's awesome. And then bring their products to life. So if you were to do that with like, if you were to think of doing that with any of these high level manufacturing, you can go down down to a car service, right? Mm -hmm. Which is, that's crazy. But if we're able to automate that to a certain point, right? Mm -hmm. Which, yeah, that's almost unrealistic. But if you imagine that and you're like, well, I can design a car. So anyone, uh, including my son, he can be 15 years old and say, I can design the best car that people will like the most. Mm-hmm. Put it up, and it, a manufacturer who manufactures all, or most, you know, one of the top manufacturers who has this big facility that I could never afford or I'd have right. to be lucky, right. um, now someone has the opportunity to try and design. Wow. So you have a shot at this. And I think yeah. as you move forward with with technology and these outsourced manufacturing scenarios where these multi-million dollar, like, um, the top 10% of, of like, the um, business hierarchy, right, mm-hmm. <coughs> has access to it. People have access to that. Mm-hmm. Innovation just exponentially goes up. Prosperity goes up. Right. And I think with that, that's fascinating. That's Even like awesome. podcasting is the same thing because now like you yes. can have thousands of people <clears throat> who can distribute their content mm-hmm. worldwide. With that, now everyone has a chance to take a swing at being a content producer. Mm-hmm. And if it doesn't work for them, well, they just move on to what that thing that actually fits them. That I, exactly. And that's where I'm prom- like really promising. Yeah, and that's why I think um, honestly entrepreneurship is good for anybody, mm-hmm. um, just because it's so easy. It's so easy to really get it started and to keep it going. But 
like I said, it, everybody wants to impress their mommy and their daddy, and you know, I get it. Mm. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Do your thing, but you know, at the end of the day, it's it's gonna be you're always going to be answering to somebody. Mm -hmm. And that's not what I want to do. Yeah, no. That's not what I want to do. I want to create my own hours. I want to, well, not really my own hours. Like, I'm not, I don't want to work. So, yeah. <laughs> I, want, I just want to have time. Mm -hmm. I want to have time. I want to be in the control to how do I use that effectively. Exactly. And yes, and I experiment yeah. within that. There's a, I have a friend, like, uh, this, I'll just use this to wrap up, but, mm -hmm. like, I have a friend, her name's Cindy Hales, and she's the one who's the black belt, right? Yeah. So she worked at uh, Starbucks, mm -hmm. and she was doing, like, customer service thing there, but she was high level, so she's making, like, $90,000 a year. Yeah. She'd finish all of her work within two hours in an eight-hour day. Yeah. And then they're, like, she's like, I'm done. What else do we have next to do? Mm -hmm. And they're like, uh, you're making us look bad. You did that way too quick. You should slow right. down. And she's like... Okay, so um, <laughs> That's she, she ended up quitting there. Yeah, and to train jujitsu mm -hmm. with no, she didn't really know how she's gonna get by. She just wanted, she knew she liked jujitsu. She mm -hmm. wanted to do this thing all the time. Yeah, and so then she quit there to, to uns, with financial uncertainty, right? Um, to train like six times a week, goes to riding a bike around Seattle to get around and like mm -hmm. just just scraping by, right? Yeah, but then meaning fell into her life because of that, right? Because yeah. you, you have this thing that you, you love and that you want to get good at. Mm -hmm. um, well, flash forward to like 10, 16 <clears throat> years later, right? She's a black belt. She teaches at a school. Um, and she's like very well known mm -hmm. uh, within the jiu-jitsu industry worldwide. And she has friends, or not friends, but she would go back to those people in that scenario and they're still there. Oh, wow. And they're just grinding. Yeah. And it's like, what? That's what is awesome. life, man? That's freaking awesome. But, I mean, it's something about when you're at the bottom, you just you have that hunger. But what I'm I'm very scared of for most people, not for myself, but for mm -hmm. other people, it's just like when they get to the top, are they still going to be hungry? Mm -hmm. And that's why I always believe, you know, just always believe in staying the student. I mean, you can yeah. be the, obviously you're going to be the teacher, but always know that there's no limit to your learning. Mm -hmm. Like, be the student. That's the most exciting the part of life. Yeah, yeah. always. Like, yeah. That so. and connecting with other people. Yes. And, uh, where can people find out more about you? Do you have any uh, kind so of web presence? So I there? do not hand out cards. I don't have a business card. I don't have a mm -hmm. website. Um, I do have a website, but I don't really access that to people to actually sit down with them mm -hmm. um, because it's more personal to me mm. um, because I feel like if I hand out cards, it's not that personal mm -hmm. because I can hand out cards to anybody. It's like, okay, that tells me that the person I'm handing this card to is like, you're not that significant to me. I mm. can hand this to a million other people. Mm -hmm. So, um, honestly, the best way to reach me um, is Delonte.Demario at Yahoo.com. So, that would be D-E-L-O-N-T-E dot D-E-M-A-R-I-O at Yahoo.com. And um, what I usually do, I'll meet them at, like, a Starbucks or whatever it is. And it'll be, like, an hour-long conversation, me getting to know that person and, like, where they are. But, um, honestly, you guys, it, time is what everybody wants back. And I, I'm a firm believer in that. But, um, you know, if you guys ever want to sit down or anything like that, don't feel free to contact me and uh, we'll go from there. But anyway, man, mm -hmm. podcast yeah. is awesome. Dude. Yeah. Oh, thanks, awesome. man. Yeah. I appreciate it. Time yeah. is the only non-renewable resource. Yes, man. exactly. Like, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's, so. it's a blast to be able to do this to talk to people like you. Man. Yes. I, I appreciate Thank it. you guys for listening to this episode of the podcast. If you'd like to support the show, please rate, review on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, anywhere you happen to listen to it and share it with a friend. Woo! I'm stoked. I got my company, City Rainco, launching soon. And being able to talk with Delante really fired me up. And I've been working harder to be more effective and efficient with the things that I do.
I was excited to get after it. And thank you guys for all your support with this show. It's been so much fun to be able to meet these people and have conversations with them. And it's because of people like you. If you like to support the show, you can also pick up a flat bill and a t-shirt on the website. Christmas is coming up. You know, material things make you happy, right? Maybe you could surprise a friend, family member. <laughs> Anyways, you guys have a great week.